trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Cynthia Brown Sabrina Jordan And Donald Wiggins Jr. They are activists and organizers for the newly submitted statewide ballot initiative to end qualified immunity in Ohio. Cynthia Brown is a political humanitarian, advocate, organizer, strategist, visionary. She's from Youngstown, Ohio, where she studied media and communication and African-American studies and continued her studies in public policy at Mesa Community College. She received the Slanska Achievement Certificate for Diplomacy and the Distinguished Di Diplomat Award for the Model United Conference 65th Far West in San Francisco. She is the Executive Director and CEO of Heartbeat Movement, Inc. and Committee Chair for Accountability Now Ohio. Sabrina Jordan is the Founder Chair of Ohio Families Unite Against Police Brutality, Inc. or OFUAPB. She is the proud mother of Jamal McShawn, who was 22 years old when he was killed on October 15, 2013, due to gun violence. And Jamarco McShawn, who was killed when he was 23 years old on October 20, 2017, by the hands of Moraine, Ohio, police officers. In February 2018, she had no choice but to stand up and speak up about gun violence and police brutality. So she began building OFUAPB to fight against police brutality and make legislative changes in order to save lives and to support our extended families who, while not related by blood, are bonded to us through the needless bloodshed of our loved ones. Donald Wiggins began his career in local government and politics in New York City, working on public housing and public safety matters. He relocated to Columbus, Ohio to pursue a master's of public administration degree at The Ohio State University, John Glenn College of Public Affairs. He went on to obtain a Juris Doctorate from Capital University to further his ability to assist a diverse range of communities and individuals in their quest to remedy challenges caused by ineffective or non-existent government policy. After completing law school, he pursued his passion for environmental law and policy and work to improve Ohio's and the nation's safety nets surrounding drinking water sources. In January 2019, he began to practice law with a focus on appellate law and constitutional law. And in 2020, Donald founded a civic tech company, Initiate Change LLC, with the vision to develop the software and tools which help free societies flourish by improving citizens' civic understanding and access to the levers of legislative and policy change. Since January 2020, eight people have been killed in shootings involving Columbus and Franklin County police officers, according to the Columbus Dispatch. A study released in February found that Franklin County has among the highest rates of deadly law enforcement shootings in Ohio and one of the highest in the U.S. Franklin County is home to one-fifth or 20% of the state's Black population, but the county accounts for one-third or 33% of deaths of African-Americans shot by law enforcement in Ohio, 
Meanwhile, Cuyahoga County, Cleveland, which is 25% Black, accounts for only 16 of African Americans fatally shot by law enforcement. Hamilton County in Cincinnati is 14% Black by population, but accounts for 11% of African Americans fatally shot by law enforcement. Yesterday, on May 4, 2021, Accountability Now Ohio held a press conference and a rally for the official submission of petition signatures to Ohio's Attorney General David Yost for the statewide ballot initiative to end qualified immunity. Congratulations. Thank you. Please tell our listeners, what is qualified immunity? And how can Ohio, a state constitutional amendment, help to stop police violence on Black lives? Let's start with you, Cynthia. Qualified immunity is the the doctrine that protects the very people charged with enforcing the law from any consequences when they break the law. They use their badge as a shield of accountability. For me, this is like the new Me Too movement where government officials are abusing their powers and we're not able to get any accountability and transparency. This is one of the reasons that we are motivated. This isn't about one case or one police officer or one person. This is about creating accountability where our loved ones can get justice, not justice, excuse me, accountability in state court instead of going to federal court. So that's what we want, that's what we're seeking, and that's what we are going to get. All right, anyone else want to say what qualified immunity is for you and why you got involved? Sabrina. Yeah, um, qualified immunity for me is about saving lives. Um, Pretty much we, you know, a lot of us have lost children from police and and I know, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm glad Cynthia kind of straightened that up and she said, you know, excuse me, not justice because we'll never get justice, you know, money, the police going to jail, that's, that's not justice, justice will bring ours back. So the closest thing to justice for many of us would be saving other lives. We don't want to keep introducing people into this club of slaying children. So that's what it means to me, saving lives. And Donald, what is qualified immunity in the law? Thank you for asking that, Carolyn. Qualified immunity in the law is a special protection that government officials receive. It was a doctrine that was created by the United States Supreme Court in 1982 in a case known as Harlow v. Fitzgerald. So the case had nothing to do with police, but instead it was a whistleblower who wanted to sue the federal government, Nixon aides specifically, for punishing him for blowing the whistle on a Pentagon weapons program. When the Supreme Court ruled that the officials were immune, poof, into existence came the doctrine of qualified immunity. So how this plays out is that victims, plaintiffs, when they are impacted or affected by police brutality, often have to overcome the initial hurdle of, not often, but have to overcome the initial hurdle that the their rights, which were violated, is clearly established in law. What that means practically is a court had to already have similar facts in the same jurisdiction in order to be, in order to find that that right was clearly established. So there are several circuit courts that exist within the nation. Ohio, Tennessee, Michigan is within the Sixth Circuit. That means you have to have a Sixth Circuit case, a U.S. Supreme Court case, or if you're in the state of Ohio, either the Northern District or Southern District, 
have a case that which has clearly stated your rights were established in law or via the constitution and a federal official, excuse me, a government official acting under color of law violated those clearly established rights. So ending qualified immunity is not about holding cops responsible for actually doing their job of actually ensuring, protecting and serving. I don't think anyone on this panel or anyone within the movement really wants to just get rid of cops actually protecting people when they are working for the people. Instead, what it does is it puts the Constitution back into effect. It allows for the constitutional law to develop because a reasonable person standard will still exist. Officers, plaintiffs will still have to, excuse me, plaintiffs will still have to show that their behavior, that the officer's behavior was not reasonable. People can determine, that's why we have juries, if they believe an action is reasonable considering the facts that are known by the officer that will be presented during a trial. What was the emotional state? What information was relayed to them? By allowing the facts to even reach a jury that's removing qualified immunity, we're able to better understand what's happening in the world. We're better to under, make better policy, create better training for officers, and participate through juries, through the disclosure of facts, through the discovery process. We're able to participate in the policymaking process. So everyone that's involved in this movement is not involved in defunding the police, as it often gets confused with indemnification, which has to do with insurance. We're not saying who should be responsible. We're just saying we want fact. Families are saying they want closure. People are saying they want justice. Ending qualified immunity is about moving the system of laws that we have into and wielding a system of justice. As I understand it, um from a lay person and have talking, talked with many people in Columbus area that are involved in this. Qualified immunity prevents victims from being able to get justice or accountability from bad cops, bad actions of cops. Basically qualified immunity, they can't have a civil lawsuit, right? If qualified immunity stays the way it is, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, and so folks that have had, that are victims, that you have experienced that yourselves, you didn't have that right to get accountability with your own cases. Is that correct, Sabrina? Exactly. Okay. So this is mandatory for justice and for accountability. And it this is a statewide ballot initiative, which would change the Constitution of Ohio, correct? That is correct. Have any other states gone ahead and amended their constitution to rid their state of this qualified immunity? Okay, most states actually had it passed in their general assemblies. It was Colorado was the first state to win qualified immunity, followed by New Mexico, Massachusetts, Florida, Providence, Maryland, Washington, Texas, Mississippi, Hawaii, Tennessee, New Jersey, Minnesota, Louisiana, New York City. Currently, Maine has it in their General Assembly. They are very fortunate because their lawmakers are concerned about building that strong relationship between law enforcement and the community. But here in Ohio, we are not that fortunate to get it in the General Assembly. We are controlled by Republicans, and they don't even believe in systematic racism, um, institutional. Those words don't exist in those worlds. So they are very out of touch with the majority of people in Ohio because surveys state that 93% of Ohioans we want to see police accountability in the state of Ohio. Correct. So- Carolyn, may I chime in there? Just yes. to add a, a quick note. 
this extends well beyond police brutality as well. If a teacher wraps their hand around a student and drags their hair around, wraps their hand around a student's hair and drags them out of the classroom, it applies to teachers as well. Qualified immunity exists well beyond just the realm of police brutality. It exists at the fundamental crux of governmental and systematic breakdown. The individuals that we entrust to do certain roles and it just will allow for individuals to be able to get their facts heard, understand what happened and make better policy. A lot of times victims and families, what they ultimately want, as Sabrina indicated, it's not money. That's not gonna bring back your child or your loved one or your neighbor or your friend or your family member. What they want is justice. And for them, that means making a change to ensure that the very system in which we are all part of, the very community and quilt of life as you have displayed behind you a quilt, these interwoven patterns are able to continue to withstand the test of time. So this extends not just into police brutality, but into better government policy overall. Excellent. Sabrina and Cynthia, I know you've been at this for a long time and um, you came to this decision to do a statewide ballot initiative. That's a huge job. What gave you the courage to do it and what groups are you working with? Cynthia. Um, What gave me the courage and the determination happened in December. We met with the Republicans' leadership, and they told us that they were going to, you know, pass police accountability during the lame dust session. That didn't happen. Not one of the 14 bills that they asked my team to cluster and to consolidate, they all died. So therefore, the bills had to be reintroduced. So after watching how other states were passing laws since George Floyd's death. They had over 700 policies that were presented in general assemblies, and they were passing in every state, unfortunately, but Ohio. So I knew that the only way was to do a ballot initiative. So I reached out to several mothers and families and organizations, and we agreed that that was the right way to go to actually hold law law enforcement officers accountable. And like Donald said, it is government officials, the same as the state of Colorado, I mean, excuse me, New Mexico, civil rights, it is all government officials. And that's the same as the bill they passed in the house. They will hold all government officials accountable. So that's what we're seeking and we're not gonna stop till we get this passed on the ballot initiative. This is Grassroot Ohio, and I'm Carolyn Harding. And today I'm talking with Sabrina Jordan, Cynthia Brown, and Donald Wiggins. They're organizing a statewide ballot initiative for the state of Ohio to end qualified immunity. Sabrina, how did you make the decision to dive in and become one of the leaders? Um, You asked asked about, you said about the courage part. I'm like, it's not about the courage. It's just something that had to be done. It's just something... We really, from the beginning, um, I started working with Cynthia some years ago. We would team, you know, collaborate together, you know, with our organizations and what have you, put on rallies and what have you. And it was just always never enough. Nothing was never enough. We just kept hitting, hitting walls. It's just so discouraging. You know, back then people looked at us like we had two or three heads when we at the state house would be standing out there. And they would just walk by and look at us crazy. Mm-hmm. Then after the movement with the George Floyd killing, you know, then here came people were actually seeing with their own eyes what we've been saying all along. We have people that work with us, like Alicia Kirkman. She's been doing this for 14 years 
you know, with her son, Angelo Miller. And that's a long time to be just discouraged, okay? That takes a lot of mental issues on you. So when Cynthia called me and she was like, look, we gonna do this ballot initiative. It wasn't even a blink. It was like, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I'm there. I'm there, you know? So, I mean, I give it up to Cynthia and Donald and Attorney Patel. I mean, they have been, I mean, they have done some awesome work and I am proud to be on this committee. Okay, the ballot language is pretty basic. It's pretty clear and pretty pointed to end this qualified immunity. And I think it's uh, got a good chance, but you submitted it to um, to the, um, what is his name? The Davios. And mm-hmm. how long does he have to approve the language and give me the timelines and how long do you have to collect signatures after that? So he has 10 days, according to state statutes, to review the summary that was submitted. The summary in his determination is if the summary was a fair and truthful statement. So a fair and truthful statement or a fair and truthful summary, as the Supreme Court has indicated, is or what a summary is, is a short summing up. So much for using the, the root word actually in the definition, not providing much clarity and ambiguity. Within those 10 days, the attorney general reviews the language of the of the proposed amendment. He reviews the summary and he makes a determination if it is fair and truthful. He is not to opine on constitutionality or likelihood of passing, but just does it reflect the summary. So when it is circulated to the citizens of Ohio, the language or the proposed language of the amendment, which would be enacted. In those 10 days as well, the attorney general has forwarded a copy of the over 1900 signatures 1,953, I believe, to the Ohio Ballot Board. The Ohio Ballot Board is to determine the validity of the signatures as well as the sufficiency of the signatures. According to state statute, presumption of validity is supposed to be passed upon by the signatures unless there's a belief that something is of amiss, we'll say, with the signatures. So at this point in time, the ballot board has submitted the signatures which have been collected from Hamilton County, Montgomery County, and Franklin County to each of the county board of elections. They are reviewing, making an account, determining if they're valid. They'll send back their determination to the ballot board, and the AG will make his determination if the summary is a fair and truthful statement. So all of that over the next 10 days, and maybe 13th is right is that 10 day mark because it is 10 um 10 calendar days not 10 business days okay so then once it passes the language passes then you have a certain amount of time or not i'm not sure about statewide amendment um, ballot initiatives i know the city has a one-year limit but tell us how much time you have how many signatures you have to get and um, it, valid signatures, which usually means you need to get twice that many, right? So tell us what the, the time frame is and how we can get this done. Wonderful. So once the attorney general's office determines that the summary is a fair and truthful statement, there is no time limit to collect the 442,958 signatures, which are required in order to have the ballot appear the proposed amendment appear on the ballot. It will not be on this year's ballot as that cutoff date is sometime late June, early July. It will be where the committee is aiming for next year's November 3rd. November 3rd, I believe that's the second Tuesday of the month, not sure what day it falls on, uh, of 2022. 
And so it has to, the signatures that have to be gathered have to come from, there's a geographic distribution requirement, 44 of Ohio's 88 counties. Okay, now do we have um, allies? Do we have organizers in all of these counties? Cynthia. Yes, we do. We select the 44 counties. We have people that are ready to put their boots on the ground and they're ready to get this done because they are so tired of saying names and chanting. We don't want no more names. I would never want no one to go through what my sister Marcella Bailey went through with losing her son, Kareem Ali Nadir Jones at 30. So therefore, yes, people are sick and tired. Especially one thing that um, I wanna say to our conservative friends, Ohio is number two in the nation for paying settlements to families, which means the taxpayers are picking up the cost to those gigantic lawsuits. So they should be concerned because that clearly means to me, if I pay a family $20 million, that that officer violated their civil, human, and constitutional rights because therefore there would be no settlement, none. Okay, and Sabrina, what is what are you gonna be doing in this in this initiative? What is your main interest and, and main um, skill set, and what are you planning to do? Um, my plans are to be the lead here um, in Montgomery, to get as many signatures as possible, to get as many volunteers and, and organizations together, um, pretty much, not just even in Montgomery, but we're also talking to people all around Ohio with their organizations and advocacies and, and getting, you know, getting people lined up especially the people that um, that have a lot of, you know, notoriety um, that's coming on, on board. And, and a lot of these mothers have, have that, you know, just like Adrian Green and um, Adrian um, Hood in Columbus, whose son was Henry Green V, you know, she has a lot of, of big support base, you know, and all that's gonna play into this all together. And you would think out of 614 families, in Ohio, who have lost people, the ones they love to police, this is the time for them to come out, stand up, and get this, get on this. You got to, I mean, saving lives is crucial now. Our families are being destroyed. I mean, destroyed through Ohio. And all this time, all these years, no one has ever known how many bodies, and I mean, since the year 2000, I can't even imagine how many bodies there are before the year 2000 when there was really no type of um, internet or you know Facebook or what have you. But now is the time. They said, I, I had somebody ask me, well, what now after the Shabbat trial? Where do we go from here? This is where we go from here. Ending the qualified immunity in Ohio. Ending it period everywhere. And I, I've been hearing it from almost every leader in the Black Lives Matters um, movement, it, it seems like it's a general consensus. This will be a potent and powerful change to hold bad actors accountable. I think it will prevent a lot of freedom of thinking that can get away with, literally with murder. I think everybody that is concerned about justice, every group of, in Ohio needs to sign this petition and needs to help get signatures. Are you, this is non-paid, right? It's all volunteer getting signatures or are people so getting paid? Yes. Okay. So, so far it was just people were not getting paid. 
Yeah. Okay. That's how we've done our ballot initiatives. And if people feel strongly, they're going to step up and do this. How can people get more information and reach out to you if, if they want to help? They can go to the website, Accountability Now Ohio, and that's where they can go on to, to find out more about qualified immunity. They can also find out how they can help and volunteer their services and also funding because we do need the funding. Everything needs funding, and you know that. And especially when it comes to canvassing, because, you know, this is people's times, and we definitely want to be able to have something to pay people to go out for a few hours a day to do this. You know, you know, it just, like I said, you know, you go on the website and find out, join, join. Just let us know what services you have you know, if you have a certain skill set you want to bring, that is great. If you can fund, that is awesome. But just come to the website and just see what you can do. And it's accountabilitynowohio.com? Yes. Okay, accountabilitynowohio.com. All right, we have a couple minutes left. I would like you to just tell the, our listeners something that we haven't spoken about or just something you want to emphasize about doing this, getting rid of qualified immunity. Let's start with you, Donald. This is the civil rights issue or part of the civil rights issue of our time. We are beginning more and more to understand that civil rights is really about civil rights. It is about economic improvisation. It is about class differentiation. It is about knowledge transference. It is about educational attainment. How does all of that fit into qualified immunity? When we are able to examine the system and we are able to examine government officials and we are able to examine policies <laughs> under a legal, a social science, a multicultural and a multi-academic perspective we begin to craft better policy. We begin to bring in more voices. We begin to bring in psychological, social, economic, all various aspects of the anthropogenic experience. This is not a BLM issue. It is not a libertarian issue. It is not an Antifa issue, a conservative issue, a Trump issue. That's what this is not. It should never be confused with any one group. This is a human rights issue. Every human being, whether you are white, brown, Hispanic, pink, slightly deformed, disabled, impaired, hurt, injured, this is about your right to have a government which works for us, which responds to us, which is not the other other. So the one thing that I would say is that this is an issue that touches everyone's lives, whether you know it or not. This is about preserving the American way. People are tired of protests. The system is at its limit. We must make reform. This is an issue that every Ohioan must join in on. With that, my friends, our time is up. But I think he said it very well. Thank you, Sabrina. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Donald, for joining us today. And we will get this out and we will get those signatures for you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. All right. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio will now air on Sundays at 2 p.m. and at 4 p.m. You can find us on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. 
We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.